The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Thanks so much for joining us. Today is Saturday, August 5th. It's also, it's weird that uh, days just fly by like this, Drew. We, we can't, and I am joined by my buddy Drew Silva today. The days just kind of get mumbled together as we get deeper into the season. It's both a good and a bad thing, I think. We're going to be talking about some injured players and some players that you can stash that could help you down the stretch. Uh, but first, let's talk about some headlines, and let's talk about one of those injured players who came back. Max Freed couldn't have, he didn't look like he had any rust to shake off in this one, did he, Drew? Yeah, hopefully some of the guys we're going to be talking about come back as well as he did. And I was locked yeah. into this one. Max Freed finally returning a day game at Wrigley Field against a Cubs team that declined to trade Cody Bellinger and, and some of their other tradable options ahead of That's Tuesday's right. deadline. And, you know, now this team, this Cubs team's trying to, to push up to the top of the National League Central. They've won like, uh, what is it, like 13 of their last 16 games, something to that effect. And so like that NL central titles fully within their reach. It was a great crowd there, but then rolls in this Atlanta buzz saw not only that offense that put up eight runs on Friday afternoon, seven of those runs coming in the fourth inning, but then you have freed on the mound and he was terrific. Six scoreless innings on a highly efficient 72 pitches to get through those six yeah. scoreless innings, everything you could want from a first start back from your injured ace only allowed three hits, no walks, eight strikeouts. I want to say there was one ball hit in the air against him. I, I could look yeah. that up, but I only remember the one pop out. Um, he touched 97.1 miles per hour with his fastball. So dominant, efficient, however you care to label it. Really good stuff after a three-month absence for a left forearm strain. You know, Freed, Spencer Strider, whoever gets that third and potentially fourth spot in the postseason rotation. There's there's a reason this Atlanta team has run away with the NL East. There's a reason they're the current World Series favorites by a pretty significant margin. And then you add a, a healthy Max Freed to the resume and it just gets a whole lot better. We could dig into some World Series odds at some point over these these final few weeks, but um, these final several weeks, these final few months. But right now it's at Atlanta at plus 330. This is on DraftKings. Atlanta at plus 330, Dodgers plus 500, Astros plus 700, Rays plus 800, Rangers plus 900, Orioles plus 1100 is the top mm. six. Atlanta's at plus 60 to plus 160 to win the National League and, you know, to mm. advance to the World Series. That's a terrible bet. 
Uh, yeah. Just getting plus because, you know, you just never they're going to have to win two playoff series to do that. Right. You never know what's going to happen in a playoff series. But um, it just it just shows with those odds what kind of juggernaut this this team is right now and, and will be in any playoff series. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're the prohibitive favorite to me. Oh, as, as good as the Dodgers are because of their pitching stuff, I, I just think Atlanta, it's amazing to think how good they've been while only getting this few of starts from Max Fried. By the way, here's a fun stat and for Kyle you. Kyle Wright, too. You know, they, they've, they've had injury issues. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Max Fried has allowed no zero runs in 66% of his starts this year, which is uh, less impressive when you consider it's only been six starts. But it does show you how good this guy can be. He's given up uh, a total of six runs on the year, and five of those were in one start against Baltimore, that final start before he went on the injured list in may if he's still not still available go get him but this is wonderful down the stretch most more of this is a reminder that like no you're not playing the wait and see game with max freed he needs to be in your starting lineup every single game i want to talk about two guys who got the call up who i'm not sure need to be in your starting lineup but they're at the very least interesting starting with curtis mead now curtis mead has mm, been yeah. For the last couple of years, considered one of the best pitching pro or hitting prospects in baseball. Excuse me, traded for Christopher Sanchez. That trade looked like the disaster of disasters, but Sanchez actually has provided some value for the Phillies, so less so. But Curtis Mead does have a chance to make the race, the clear winner in that trade. A guy with a 70 hit tool, in my humble estimation, uh, has put up solid numbers in the minors, uh, a product of Australia, which is always fun to see. Um, not a ton of Australian baseball player, especially hitters. Like there are very few hitters that right. have made an impact. Uh, of course, I think of my good buddy, Chris Snelling. Uh, if those of you who and not my buddy at all, but he looked like a, a big thing for the Mariners not too long ago, uh, but unfortunately dealt with injuries. But Mead has a really good chance. Uh, went one for one in his debut. The question mark I have with Mead is how much is he going to play? How much is he going to get that chance to play? Now, especially this late in the season, you think, hey, if you're calling him up, why are you having him as a bench bat? There's not that much minor league baseball left, folks. It's about that time. Um, I was a little surprised this happened before the assumed rookie of the year cutoff date is going to happen. There's a good chance right. that Meade now will not have that rookie of the year eligibility. But if you're looking for somebody to help you in the average category who has a chance to, you know, driving runs in a good lineup, not a ton of power, like I think above average potentially, but right now we're talking more about solid average. I think he has a chance to be a helper. I think I might be a little more interested in another call-up that happened, to be honest with you, and maybe this is a little bit just uh, confirmation bias after seeing it happen. David Schneider also got the call-up for the Blue Jays, and in his very first at-bat, hits a home run. That's still one of my favorite things to see. It happens more often oh, than yeah. like no-hitters, perfect games, cycles, all that stuff. But it's just as special, and you see just the joy of these guys when they hit that first home run. It's as good as it gets. Went two for five in that game. Uh, put up really good numbers in the minor leagues, 416 on base percentage, hit 17 homers in a fairly small sample size, uh, or certainly enough to say 17 homers is impressive considering, you know, 17 homers in a season, not so much. 17 homers in like 85, 90 games, not so much. Not the biggest guy in the world. I believe he's listed at 5'9". He's probably shorter than that. I think we all know, Drew, that if someone's listed at 5'9", the chances are they're probably 5'7 or 5'6". Same thing for dating profiles. If they list 5'9", they are probably not 5'9". They're either 5'11 or 5'4". But I do think Schneider's going to get a little bit of a chance to play here. He does provide some pop. Blue Jays offer the opportunity to drive some runs in. I'm a little bit interested in both guys. Who are you more interested in of the two? 
I'm more interested in Mead long term. I sure. think you would agree with oh, that. Oh, big time I long think, term, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Schneider's a really cool story, 28th round pick. I, I root for underdogs like that. Um, I, I think, but I think Mead is only going to play against left-handed starting opponents. Yeah, you know, that's where his starts will come. And the right. Rays are really good at using the platoon that way, and they're going to do it with him, even though he's a young guy. And he's just like a nice bench bat for them to have. He's more of a luxury. Um, with Schneider, at least temporarily, while Bo Bichette is out, you know, and like they've they've got some other. He can he he can carve out some starts at second base, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the playing time could be there more for Schneider. I don't really think either of them is a big fantasy consideration right now because at this point in the season, you want guys on your roster, unless we're talking about super deep leagues, but you want guys on your roster who are gonna play every day. And I don't see it with with either of these dudes. And but you know, good to see him in the majors and at least temporarily could could be of, of help to each of their teams. And Meade could potentially be like a bench bat for the playoffs too if, if he has yeah. a nice final two months. Like that's a very valuable right-handed bat to like he's not he's not like a counting stats compiler at this point right sure. now either. Like just more of like a complete hitter. Right. And I think he, he will blossom into being a, a very good player. Um, but right now, just, yeah, a guy that you, you throw in there against lefties and, and have come off the bench to take some key at bats against a lefty reliever, something like that. I like that call. Um, speaking of, uh, infielders, uh, the Red Sox got one. That's a little bit interesting in my humble estimation. Why don't you tell me this about it, Gerbert? Neat setup there, Chris. Uh, yeah. Luis Urias got the call to the, the Red Sox on Friday after they got him from the Brewers, I guess the trade happened just before Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern time deadline. It trickled out. I think Jeff Passan reported it 18 minutes after the deadline, which <laughs> as someone who's writing up notes, I always love to see that. I'm like, hey, pencils down, you know. <laughs> um, but, but 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 I don't know. Maybe this deal kind of flew under the radar because of that, and there was a lot of stuff flying at that point. Uh, Urias went one for three with a single a walk and a run scored in his debut for Boston on Friday night against the Blue Jays. Red Sox manager Alex Cora said before the game that he's going to play a lot. Um, Christian Arroyo was designated for assignment mm-hmm. when the Red Sox called Urias up. Urias can play all around the infield. So even if and when Trevor Story returns, there should be available playing time like that. The Red Sox infield, middle infield has been sort of a mess all year. He he can carve out some starts there. He can he can spell Raphael Devers at third base if, if Devers wants to take a DH day. There's going to be some opportunities for for Urias. And, and I've been high on him as a fantasy infielder in the past. You know, former top prospect in the Padres oh, yeah. system. He hit 23 homers for the Brewers in 2021 with a 789 OPS and 570 plate appearances. It wasn't like a small sample size. Um, he's had some injuries this year, uh, most notably that severe left hamstring strain that he suffered back on opening day with Milwaukee. But Urias has been productive in the past. He's only 26 years old, just turned 26 years old like a month ago. Um, maybe the Red Sox can tap into something here, you know, team control through 2025 if they like what they see. It might be worth a deep league pickup. Um, and sure. if Urias gets it going, like, you know, maybe some shallower leagues as well. We've seen him be a productive hitter in the past. Um, he stole some bases in the minors. He hasn't really done that in the majors. And with the severe hamstring strain, maybe you shouldn't expect that much in Boston this year. But um, I, I think the Red Sox made a nice little move here to improve their infield for this year. And if, again, if they like what they see, he could maybe be somewhere in, in the mix for next year. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a weird 
profile now with Arias, and it's one of the most changed profiles I've ever seen. Like this was a guy who some people were talking about having 70, 80 hit tool, looked like he was going to be that type of guy who hits 330, 340. I think he went too far the other way, selling out for power in my humble estimation. But, you know, he has tapped into it. He did have that 23 homer season, as you mentioned. Really struggled with the bat, as you mentioned as well. I like him. I like him. I also think they got an interesting arm, by the way, and the name escapes me, and that's really great uh, podcast stuff. But uh, a guy who throws 99 it's... miles per hour is uh, is a nice little get to get for uh, a player who is was clearly no longer part of the Brewers' future. Just as, as much as uh, that infield is Bradley Blaylock. Bradley Blaylock. Thank you so much. I should have remembered that one because I immediately thought, oh, Hank Blaylock. And then, no, that was uh, 25 years ago or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I do think that's an interesting trade. AL only especially would be something I'd be looking at here with sure. Luis Arias. But uh, definitely will be interesting to see how he does. Christian Arroyo, another failed prospect, unfortunately, who got plenty of chances and just never quite lived up to that hype. Uh, another name we want to talk about before we get into the second half of our show uh, it looks like Lion Richardson is going to be making his major league debut on Saturday, a 2018 first round pick on Sunday that, I think. or second round pick, excuse me, Sunday against the Nationals. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing really, really well in these first 12 minutes. Just superb stuff, Chris Crawford. Uh, Richardson was a guy who was kind of on the radar for a little bit and then undergoes Tommy John surgery. He's been absolutely fantastic so far this year. 81 strikeouts and 51 innings, an ERA under two. And it's a pretty friendly landing spot, Drew. He's getting a chance to face a Washington lineup that is, you know, has some decent players. But if you're going to ask me if, uh, for who you're going to debut against, there's about three or four teams that I would name, and Washington is definitely one of those teams. Yes. I'm at least uh, considering him as a streaming option for Sunday. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, dude, you just look at the what he's done in the minors. I mean, yeah, he was just what promoted to to Triple A, mm-hmm. um, like last week. Um, he just flew through the the lower levels of the Reds minor league system once he got over the hump with his Tommy John surgery. You know, we've seen this before from from pitchers that come back looking better than ever. He was not on my radar at all coming into the year. It wasn't on my radar a couple weeks ago until, you know, there the reports trickled out that that the Reds were considering this. They they need to cover Ben Lively's rotation spot. There are some mm-hmm. other options, you know, Levi Stout, what Connor Rogers, but like, I, I mean, Richardson is the most exciting of the bunch. And it's, it's awesome that he's, he, it looks like he's going to get the shot. It's not official yet, but like you said, he's on their taxi squad and they probably wouldn't do that with a pitcher of, of his, you know, ilk unless they were planning on activating him and, and giving him his major league debut. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I don't really know what to expect, but the upside certainly seems there to where I, if I, I would even really have to be that desperate to, to, to go ahead and make that play. Maybe he'll be my streamer for Sunday. Oh, there you go. It's about time that you do well with one of these things to be completely honest with you. But uh, like, here's my one concern about the uh, Richardson has not gone very deep into games. In 15 starts with Chattanooga, he only threw 46 innings. Three starts with Daytona, three innings. uh, Three starts, nine innings. So three innings there. And guess what? His only start he made with Louisville, he went three innings. So we could be talking about a fairly short thing. It would actually be uh, much more interesting to me if Richardson is working behind an opener um, because then you get a chance to get that W, but if he's just making that start, maybe he's only going three or four innings. 
will depend on his efficiency, obviously, but certainly a name to keep an eye on in the long term as well. Cincinnati is definitely in this thing. So, yeah, get, get give you a chance to get some wins. Uh, we're going to get into uh, these discussion of currently injured players who can help fantasy players down the stretch. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Now, right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, let's talk about some injury stashes that can help you. And uh, real quick, uh, Drew, I have to say, it maybe just is a feel thing. It feels like injuries have been less a part of the fantasy landscape this year than the previous couple of years. And now, maybe it's just because those last couple of years, I mean, it was everybody yeah. going on the injured list, especially pitchers. Um, it feels a little lighter this year, but there's still some really good names that are going to be coming back off the IL pretty soon. I, I would agree with you. I haven't really thought about it, um, but it, it seems okay. It seems like there's less soft tissue injuries. Like I feel like the last two years, there was an oblique strain on every team, like every other week, you know, like, and, and that person would be out for a month. It, it feels like we're, we're seeing less of that, but there certainly have been some, some massive injuries as well too. the Aaron judge stuff, Jacob DeGrom. Um, you could list a few others um, for, for my IL stashes. I, we we got to start at the top with, with the, the pretty, the most obvious one who would be Mike Trout. We yeah. can get into some more under the radar stashes that would actually be useful for listeners because Trout's not available in any competitive league, but it's, it's just worth noting where he is in his recovery from July 5th surgery for a hamate bone fracture in his wrist taking dry swings um right now and supposed to begin taking be, supposed to begin t work uh later in the weekend or, or maybe early next week like within the next seven days is what it sounds like so adding some contact with a ball and is just going to see how his wrist responds angels manager phil nevin said earlier this week that the process will go very quickly once trout gets into those contacts contact swinging drills if he's discomfort free you know it's go time um, this handmade bone procedure has become very common for baseball players. It, it seems to have mm-hmm. like increasingly good success rate. There was always that worry that uh, they'd come back and not have as much power. I don't think we're seeing as much of that in, in recent years. Um, I wouldn't expect Trout to return like this upcoming week or even really next week, but like the following week, I think seems doable right around like the mid, the exact midpoint of August is is probably around the target so you know it might be able to be a contributor for the final seven weeks of the regular season about six plus weeks and maybe help push the angels into the playoffs um to then possibly secure what would be trout's first ever win in a postseason game would love to see Shohei otani uh get on the big stage too of course before he reaches this upcoming free agent bonanza otani actually left his last pitching appearance because of cramps on on Thursday at cramping like in his right middle finger it's something that's been bothering him for a bit um and I think he kind of admitted that it would be some fatigue possibly and and that would be warranted given the the workload that he's carried as a pitcher and a hitter this year for the Angels but he's been DHing without issue he stayed in that game as the DH and and hit his 40th homer of the year he's just incredible um and he still could make his next scheduled start. That lines up to be Wednesday against the Giants, another offense that you like to see when you have a pitcher in fantasy. That that has not been ruled out. He could possibly make that starter, or maybe they push him back to the to the next series. Um, another angle with the Angels that's pretty good. Nice is that uh, Lo- Logan Ohapi, who you know has kind of been off the radar for a while, but he's expected to head out on a minor league rehab assignment next week. Ohapi gave all of us like you know catcher chasing fantasy analysts catcher facing catcher chasing fantasy managers we always want help at, at catcher um, a lot to dream on in the opening weeks of the season four homers 13 rbis through 16 games before he damaged the labrum and his left non-throwing shoulder on a swing 
Um, it feels like that was yesterday, but also several years ago at the same time. Um, but he can be a difference-making option, you know, at fantasy baseball's shallowest position down the stretch. Acquired from the Phillies at, at last year's trade deadline for Brandon Marsh, Ohapi had a 961 OPS and 26 homers in 104 minor, minor league games in 2022. If you need help at catcher, uh, maybe you were a, a Jonah Heim holder. I recommended Mitch Garver last week. I, I, I would still go with maybe Mitch Garver, but, um, you know, I think Ohapi is a stash and, and he could return right around when Trout does later this month or maybe even a little bit before Trout. You know, what are the Angels right now? Five games back of the third AL wild card, I believe. They're right. eight and a half back in the AL West. That's, man, that's a tough hill to climb, but. Sure. Yeah, the teams above them are the Yankees, your Mariners, and so, amazingly, the Red Sox are still in this. Um, yeah, I kind of think the teams that are in those three wild card spots right now, the Rays, Razor Orioles, Astros, Blue Jays, those are the teams that are going to be in those wild card spots when all is said and done. Sorry, Good Chris. Um, no, but you know, the Angels are getting healthier. Brandon Jury returned Friday to get Trout and Ohapi back. Um, Brandon Jury has been really good too to, to finally like get some offensive production out of that middle infield in Anaheim. Um, yeah, they, they could be dangerous if, if they get all these pieces working. I know Lucas Giolito had a horrendous Angels debut, but you know, we know he can be better than that. Yeah, for anyway, sure. I talked and about the Angels there for like 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Good <laughs> goodness gracious. Like, that's like a, a whole other podcast that we're going to get to do. Golly, Drew, I guess you're feeling better or something, man. Like, no, that's that's those are all great points. And man, I would love to see Mike Trout play in the postseason, but it ain't going to be in 2023. I do not think. Um, real quick, I'll, I'll change my order up because this just happened while uh, Drew went on his uh, Russian novel of a thing about the uh, Los Angeles Angels. Uh, Estero Ruiz was going to be my DIL stash, but he is now back. He has been activated oh. off the injured list. And Ramon Laureano has been designated for assignment, which is interesting. Really? Now, uh Real quick, uh, Soriano has not been great. 213, 280, 364 this year. But he's a good defensive player. He can provide some value off the bench. I imagine somebody will be putting in a claim for Loriano. Uh, I, I think that they'll be a, a playoff contending team will want to have his uh, wheels and glove down the stretch. And, you know, a nice little bat against left-handers like late in games, something like that. That's that's a really interesting one. Uh, really surprised that Oakland wouldn't want to have him. Uh, the, their odds of making the playoffs are taking a huge hit by not having Ramon Laureano. On well, he was making three and a half million, so, I mean, they still got to pay too that. Much. <laughs> but, that's too much. Yeah. That's just too much money. Get that, <laughs> the, get that, yeah. get somebody. That, get that off the ledger. <laughs> please think of these poor billionaires. Um, so, look, Ruiz – it's a one category thing, but that one category is stolen bases, and he's as good as it gets at doing those. Uh, also, did look good during his uh, rehab assignment, went eight for 20. Nice to see that. Uh, only hitting 257, 310. And if you take a look at the, the metrics here, average exit velocity, very bottom of baseball, hard hit percentage, very bottom of baseball, uh, barrel percentage near the bottom, walk percentage near the bottom, uh, swings at a lot of pitches outside the strike zone. So, look, if you're expecting any power, if you're expecting a huge high batting average, if you're expecting – if you're an on-base percentage league, 
Ruiz is going to hurt you more than help you in the overwhelming majority of categories. But Drubert, it's August 5th, 2023, and we are talking about God. We want guys who can help us win categories. And Asturi Ruiz can help you win the stolen base category and then some because every time he's on, he's a threat to steal one to three bases. More, more, more likely 1.5 or two or something like that if you put the over-under on Ruiz running. But he can absolutely make a huge impact there. I think he'll have enough Babip luck to be fine in the batting average category as well. Like 250, 260 isn't great, but it's not going to kill you. And there can be those 270, 280 weeks as well. Heck, there could be those 300 weeks as well, just because of the fact that he can beat anything out that's on the ground. But if you're just talking about one category winning type of thing, and if you're okay with taking a hit in the home run category and maybe having some bad luck with average as well, I can't recommend Asturi Ruiz enough. Yeah, the A's need to see what they have here as, as they plan mm-hmm. out their move to Vegas, you know, uh, or just, you know, plan out plan out their, their roster for 2024. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to play every day and he's going to have the green light on the bases. And that's what you, you love as a fantasy manager. Zach Geloff has been awesome too. Um, yeah. He's a pickup that I, I made in fantasy. I He was like, um, he had some stat, the first player, I think in major league history to have, five homers and five steals like within his first 17 major league games wow. um, which is impressive like yeah i mean that from a fantasy perspective what what more could you want and he's been batting second um i, I have him on a few rosters and have, have reaped the benefits of that um, wow. i'm gonna group a, a couple of pitchers here a couple of red starters here as my other il stashes as the reds hey they they are, you know, looking to make this a sustained thing as they, you know, charging toward the NL Central title. That rotation needs help. Uh, hopefully it's coming soon. First with Hunter Green, who is scheduled to make his second minor league rehab start Saturday night with Triple AAA Louisville. Um, and seems to be penciled in for a return on August 20th. That would be against the Blue Jays. That is like just after the date where he first becomes eligible to be activated from the 60-day injured list. Green through two scoreless innings in his rehab debut this past Tuesday in the Arizona complex league, no walks, three strikeouts allowed only one hit. So just has a little bit more buildup to do with probably two more minor league rehab outings. Then hopefully his hip is in good shape and he's ready to rock to take like, I don't know. He can still fit in six, maybe seven starts down the stretch before the regular season comes to an end. Um, When healthy this year, green has I think kind of been what I expected him to be, what I think a lot of people expect him to be a three, nine, three ERA, not, not especially great, but a hundred strikeouts and 73 and a third innings for Cincinnati, a few blowups here and there, but then there's dominance. It can kind of be an inning to inning thing with Hunter green. The walks don't help, but he's a must start when he's active because of the upside you get with, with the strikeout total. Um, Nick Lodolo, another one, he's trending in an encouraging direction now too, more slowly than green, but uh, Lodolo is into the bullpen session phase of of his throwing program could soon advance to simulated work. And then, you know, his own minor league rehab stint, maybe tracking toward a return at like the very end of August or right around the first week of September. Lodolo has been out since mid-May with a stress reaction in his left tibia. It's not an arm injury. So you feel better about his ability to to push it quickly once he does get cleared to pitch in live games. Lodola was having an, an odd season before the injury, a 6.29 ERA, uh, but 47 strikeouts and only 10 walks through 34 and a third innings. He's not at the must-start level of green, 
Uh, but Lodolo has a really nasty arsenal. He can miss a lot of bats. He had those like back-to-back clunkers in late April, just before he went on the IL against the Rays and Rangers. And the Rays were right. unbeatable at that time. If you can remember back those two starts ballooned his ERA um, and it's never going to fully recover, which actually should make Lodolo a really good value going into 2024 fantasy drafts. But we can talk about that at a later date, but even here in 2023, he can help. Um, once he advances to the rehab assignment, if if you have an open IL spot and he's sitting out there, I, I'd go ahead and think about it. And even if he's not, you know, rostered at a high rate down the stretch, you know he's going to be a popular streamer. Uh, so beat your league mates to the punch. I'm, I'm confident that he can bounce back given that he's just had a leg injury. Yeah, that's a great point. That The fact that it wasn't uh, arm-related. And look, the, the issue I have with both Lodolo and Green is that ballpark. Like, the, it's just not a fun place for pitchers to pitch, but at the same time, uh, their stuff is excellent, especially green, like just the ability to miss bats with that unbelievable fastball and such an athletic delivery. Both of those guys. Um, I did not think we would be talking about Walker Bueller as a potential stash for 2023, but it's time. It is time to absolutely take this seriously. It looks like he's going to be, uh, making a, uh, going on a rehab assignment fairly soon, according to Dave Roberts. Now look, we hear fairly soon with Dave Roberts could be a little bit of an optimistic guy. He kind of reminds me as a Seahawk fan of Pete Carroll a little bit where everything is absolutely positive with that stuff, but it is encouraging. Um, Walker said a Bueller said a Bueller had set a goal uh, to return by the start of September. Looks like that has, they has a chance to be a, a reality and look Walker Bueller when healthy has been one of the most successful fantasy starters in baseball. My question is going to be one, are they really going to take this risk for somebody who's coming off Tommy John surgery fairly recently? Like this is a pretty, this would be one of the shorter recoveries that I have seen for somebody to make that return Two, what kind of role is he going to have? Because are you really going to have Walker Bueller pitching six innings and you really need five or six innings to suggest him as a fantasy option? And three, when do you get him? Like, do you go get him right now? Because I think you probably will have to. Uh, the more that I think about it, and you're probably going to have to spend some fab money. There is a chance, as Chad points out in the chat, that he could return as purely relief, but I don't think so. I think the Dodgers are going to be. Dave Roberts said he's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be. Now, that's what I would do. I would have Walker Buehler come back and be a multi-inning guy. Um, the only thing about doing that is, though, if you really are going to be a multi-inning reliever, you want him working at maximum effort. And do you really want walker bueller working in that high maximum effort coming off of that injury so i'd rather have him return to a normal role as a starter maybe you do only see like three or four innings uh, in these first few starts but like in terms of just pure upside i don't know if there's anybody available on the uh on the not just entered list just purely on the waiver wire still that has more upside than walker bueller does Dave Roberts said he's he's coming back as a starter. I mean, you're yeah. right. Dave Roberts doesn't always reveal exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> I think he's a good manager in that way. Yeah, but, me too. You know, I, I think he I think they're telling Walker Bueller to prepare that way. And why wouldn't mm-hmm. they? And why wouldn't he do that? But I, I, I think pump the brakes a little bit. He's he's it's gonna be a lengthy rehab assignment. He's still got some some hurdles to clear. Um, yeah, this would be one of the shorter returns from Tommy John surgery for a starting pitcher uh, in a long time. Um, yeah. But hey, man, if, if he's feeling good and I mean, the Dodgers, they need innings like, you know, I'm, they're fine compared to most teams. But if, if they sure. want to be like 
turn back into this Dodgers postseason juggernaut. They need innings yeah. and level of expectation. He's got a, a fr- uh, yeah yeah he he has a fresh arm going into October. I guess it wouldn't shock me if he's like their game two starter in in a playoff series. Like I Thank it would shock me, but I don't I don't know. It's it's within the realm of possibility that he pulls that off, which would be really impressive and. If he can help in fantasy down the stretch, if they're really going to bring him back as like a, a full outing, full strength starter, then I'm all for it, I guess. Um, this one requires a, a bit of patience like Bueller, but uh, John Means is said to be nearing a minor league rehab assignment, probably tracking toward being an option for the Orioles around early September. Uh, he underwent Tommy John surgery all the way back in April 2022 had originally had originally been aiming to to join the Orioles rotation around the All-Star break this year but that plan got derailed when he suffered a an upper back strain in the scapular area so like near the shoulder in May uh, but he's healthy now or at least like nearing full health throwing all of his pitches and side sessions and, and gearing up for a return to live games on the the minor league side the last time he pitched a full season you know or close to a full season was 2021 and the Orioles finished with 52 wins and 110 losses that year. They already have 68 wins this year um, and are the current leaders of the American league East, but very much in need of pitching help. Um, Mm -hmm. Even with Jack Flaherty looking great in his Orioles debut, he looks great in that uniform, of course. And Grayson Rodriguez (laughs) is really coming to his own. Um, but means can be an important innings eater at the very least for them down the stretch. And and maybe even like a postseason starter, if he looks to be back at at full force again, his Tommy John surgery was 16 months ago at this point. So his arm should be in fine shape. And during that 2021 season means had a 3.62 ERA, a 1.03 whip, 134 strikeouts, only 26 walks and 146 innings. Um, that was before the pitcher-friendly dimension changes at Camden Yards, and Means is usually a flyball pitcher. Um, you know, it all lines up like for him to be a meaningful real-life contributor uh, on this surge for Baltimore and to compile a, a couple of wins and ERA help, definitely WHIP help, and a decent amount of K's and fantasy over that final month of the regular season. I wouldn't say he's a must-stash yet, but if you have an open IL spot. As he starts pitching in minor league games, you know, I'd maybe consider it. He was already good pre-surgery and getting better, and 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 now we'll be just – he's returning to a much better overall situation in Baltimore, and I, I think he could maybe thrive and, and actually pitch in October and, you know, some some serious games in October. Yeah, I like that call a lot. I, I It's almost like uh, Means is coming out of, like, a coma, you know what I mean, of, like, yeah. leaving one of the worst <laughs> pitching situations that you could possibly have into a team that I think can do some real damage in the short and the long term. I uh, want to talk about Jared Kelnick, who I think we all know uh, went on the injured list for a very stupid reason, kicking a uh, – uh, what what the heck was it? Now I can't think of it. Anyway, kicking something you're not supposed to kick, which like, is what you're not – He kicked a wall, didn't he? Yeah, basically he kicked something that doesn't kick back. And whenever you kick something that doesn't kick back, you're going to be in some trouble. Well, Kelnick went through some struggles. I mean, obviously went through some real struggles uh, during the uh, early part of his career, but really seemed to make a turn in, in this season. And even after, you know, going through um, some obvious regression to the mean, he's still a guy with a 759 OPS, 89th percentile and hard hit percentage. Uh, well above average and stuff like average exit velocity, barrel percentage, walk rate, sprint speed, 11 homers and 12 stolen bases in his 362 plate appearances. 
the outfield still looks open for Kelnick when he returns. And I think what you'll probably see when Kelnick comes back is you'll see Teoscar Hernandez move to the DH spot because Cade Marlowe, if he keeps playing the way he is, is going to be starting. Know, for them. He's looking yeah. really good. Hit that game-winning grand slam. Uh, me and Grandma might have let out a little bit of a woohoo after that one. That was a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I, Kelnick is going to play. Kelnick is going to be a starting outfield for, for them. I think you'll still start to see the power come back a little bit for him as well with a little bit of rest. Um, maybe not running as much as he was, um, but you don't need him to run a ton. Like in terms of like where we are in the season, he's a nice little stash to have if people got impatient and had to drop him because he'll come back, he'll hit in the middle of the Seattle order, get a chance to drive in guys like a, a Eugenio Suarez, who by the way, Congrats to him. He's driven in runs in 10 straight games. That's insane. That is a, a broke the record of Edgar Martinez uh, for the team. Wow. Edgar Martinez once called me a cool grandson, by the way. Uh, if you can find that on Twitter, I'll bring it up. First time I brought it up on Rotowire, but uh, that is definitely something I am a big fan of. Long story short, if Jared Kelnick's still available and you have the IL spots, I think he's absolutely worth a roster ad. Roster ad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, putting Tiasker at DH is the right move because I, I know Mike Ford hasn't played like at all this week. Um, they've yeah. just been holding, but he was kind of their option at DH and he is just fully cratered expectedly. Like this was predictable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I like keeping Cade Marlowe in the lineup. He is, he has brought some energy and obviously a lot of production too. Mm-hmm. Um, my final IL stash is going to be Ryan Helsley. You know, Jordan Hicks was traded to the Blue Jays ahead of the deadline. I wish the Cardinals would have found something for Giovanni Gallegos too, but Chris Stratton's gone. Uh, Henesis Cabrera's gone. It's it's really a different-looking bullpen in general. There just shouldn't be much competition for Helsley once he returns to full health. And this is a team that's looking to 2024 and beyond. So they'll want, to, they'll want Helsley to like get back into that closer role to prove his, his forearm is not going to be an issue as the front office decides what to do with, I don't know, this gross pitching staff that they have right now. Um, it's going to be a, a busy offseason for that front office to, to try to figure out if they want to contend in 2024, they're, they're going to need some starting pitching. Um, we know what, what Helsley can be when he's firing on all cylinders, hard throwing, high strikeouts, saves compiler, and, and the Cardinals should hit down the stretch of, uh, through all of the frustration of what this year has been, they're healthier on the offensive side than they've been in a while uh, with some very intriguing young and veteran hitters. Uh, so there should be wins. There should be save chances for Helsley. You know, he's been out since early June with this forearm strain. He, he was, you know, a li- maybe a little mediocre before he went on the IL, but you could attribute that to the, the hand injury from last year. And, and maybe this forearm thing had been barking for a while. Whatever the sure. case, he's checked all the boxes in the last few weeks as he nears the end of his recovery. He's done mound work, facing live hitters, and now a rehab assignment beginning Sunday at the AA level at AA Springfield. All signs point to Helsley being back in the Cardinals' bullpen by next weekend and probably right back in that closer role as as the focus in St. Louis shifts or already has shifted to, to next year and the year after. Um, you know, they have a light show at, at the stadium for Helsley and everything where the stadium goes dark and then they flip to these red LEDs. Somebody, you know, got paid for the design and implementation of that. And, you know, Cardinals owner Bill DeWitt is is taking inventory here and by far the worst year since he bought the team from Anheuser-Busch in the mid-90s. So they're going to have to use the, the entrance feature um, 
yeah, Helsley's an obvious stash, and I, you won't have to stash him much longer, hopefully, if, if all goes well on his minor league rehab stint. He could be back next weekend. I'm glad you brought up music and the Cardinals because I have a bone to pick with your St. Louis Cardinals, Drew. You have Emo Night, oh, which okay. is awesome. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this. But the very first song they play is Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. Folks, Evanescence is not emo. Emo is not uh, mumble. I, I don't even know what you would call Evanescence. It's much more like new metal than it is emo, pop, man. Pop, yeah, pop metal. Pop metal yeah. or something. Come on, man. Like, just play Dashboard Confessional the entire night. Play Hands Down like 55 times. Play Screaming Infidelity. Go deeper than that, but... No, 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 no. Just Dashboard Confessional. That's the I, only I, thing. I think the, the marketing... The marketing department has waved the white flag on <laughs> a little bit as well. But I will say the the logo with the cardinal with with the emo hair that was really good. That was really good. But yeah, Evanescence, I love that. Angry, come on, man. Yeah, yeah that's just not that good. old Angry Bird logo is from like the 1920s. Um, and it's so cool. I wish they yeah. would. It. I guess they put it on their spring training hats. I wish they're nice. If if they get the City Connect thing, I think it was they were supposed to get it this year, but maybe told them. Let, let's hold off on that but i i, I would like them to in, in, include that angry bird logo in in some way into the city connect if if as, you're listening as long, as long as the pizza isn't involved i am a okay with it uh my final stash is going to be garrett whitlock and look whitlock actually i think i became a little more excited about adding whitlock after some news came out that he's not going to be a starting pitcher he's going to mm -hmm. probably come back in that multi-inning role. And we talked about it with Asturio Ruiz. We talked about it with a few other guys. This is great, I think, for his rates because we have seen what Whitlock can do as a multi-inning reliever. He was one of the better late-inning stashes of the of the year when he got a chance to pitch in that type of role. Uh, I think the strikeouts are going to be there. He pounds the strike zone, so the whip's going to be solid as well. I just don't think he has the pure stuff to be a great starting pitching option. So I like him more in this type of role, to be one or two innings, get get those six or seven outs, get some strikeouts along the way, know you're not going to get a lot of walks, know that your whip is going to be just fine with him out there. Like, no, he's not going to give you a ton of win chances, and unfortunately he won't give you any saves either. So there's 40% of the categories gone. But especially if you play in like a strikeout league or a league where, again, you're looking for help in that wits plus hits, innings pitch stuff, you know, go get Garrett Whitlock because I don't think that there's anybody available on the waiver wire who profiles quite like that. So, yeah, Garrett Whitlock, go get him. I like this uh, mention from our a listener, Chad. He's much as Chad Green is coming back from Tommy John surgery and has looked great on his rehab so far. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jordan Romano, Trevor Richards are out right now. Is he worth stashing? Uh, on the chance he works into save opportunities on a high-powered Jays team. I, Romano's not going to be out that long by yeah. all indications Hopefully. that we have right yeah. now. Um, so I, I, I would say no, but if if Romano has some kind of setback or it's not going to be – it turns out to not be kind of the short stint that the Jays are, are talking about, sure, man. I mean, Chad Green, when when he's firing all cylinders, there's, there's a reason the Blue Jays gave him that contract and have, have stayed patient with him. Um, through this this rehab, he he could maybe you know I, he could be in the mix. I, I it's not someone I would stash right now though. Um, some yeah. other people to mention: Br Brandon Woodruff coming back Sunday to the mm -hmm. Brewers. Finally, he's made what two starts this year. Um, so that's good to see. Maybe he can be as good as Max Fried was. Edwin Diaz, you know, he keeps talking about wanting to return this year. Maybe the net the Mets like no longer push him after that deadline sell off. Like let's just. 
let's yeah. just you know let's not make fans pay attention to what happened this summer um mm-hmm. o'neill cruz tracking toward a rehab assignment at the end of this month the pirates have said they want to get him back into the feeling of major league games over the final few weeks there, there's a that's a potential league winning guy who probably isn't sitting out there I, i'm sure people have him stashed already but probably um, at least a month away from activation so if, if someone's not willing to practice the patience or needed to free up an aisle spot possibly he's out there yeah and i wanted to mention too cedric mullins another guy that if if you yep. for some reason dropped he should be coming back uh they they're saying middle of august average power speed all that stuff cedric mullins absolutely somebody worth rostering um but his timeline actually up. got moved up too yes um, he's he's going to start a rehab assignment t- tonight actually on saturday at double a bowie awesome. so maybe like middle of next week early next week we could see cedric yeah. mullins back to to help yep. that orioles yeah. team that is a whole lot of fun to watch right now they are a whole heck of a lot of fun to watch it'll be interesting to see how they manage all these bats by the way just because they have so much young talent on the roster kind of imagine colton Kowser might get the boot although i think his approach has really impressed me but you're playing Cedric Mullins over Colton Kowser in the year 2023. That's yeah. just absolutely he hasn't, that's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still just a lot of people have asked me about it long term. Absolutely big believer in Colton Kowser. Uh, should be just fine. Been really impressed that he's still shown that plate selectivity even while the hits aren't falling. Uh, Drew, let's get into Sunday streamers uh, real quick. Let's let's take a rewind back to uh, mm. your Sunday streamer uh, last week. Uh, first of all, you 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 just flat out lied to everybody and tried to say that Therese Scooball was a uh, rostered under a share enough to be considered a streamer. And I gave you a starting pitcher pitching in Colorado and I still beat the crap out of you. Like what's going on, Drew? Are you okay? Not really, man. That's unbelievable. I, and by the way, I'm just going to go again. I'm going with Luis Medina again. I, this is amazing that this is starting on Sunday for like the fourth straight week. But I'm going with is their Medina. Sunday I starter. Think, yeah, I yeah, he is their Sunday starter. They operate like a college baseball team. He's been really impressive. Like these last three starts against the Red Sox, five and two thirds innings of shutout baseball against the Astros, five innings of one run baseball against Colorado. Five and a thirds innings, two runs in Colorado. Struck out six in all three of those starts. Start before that, right before the All-Star break, he struck out nine and gave up four runs in six innings. He's been really good in July, a 2.86 ERA. In Yahoo, the last time I checked, he's still only rostered in 8% of leagues, and I kind of get it because the win chances with color are, excuse me, double-A Midland are terrible, but he's going to help you in a bunch of categories. This is a guy who was not long ago considered one of the most talented pitching prospects in baseball when he was a member of the Yankees. I'm believing in what I'm seeing for Luis Medina, and I'm going to keep going with him as my streamer until he lets me down. Yeah, I've got nothing to say about what happened last (laughs) week. Um, We're moving on. We're moving upward. Um, Give me Zavion Curry. 2% rostered, Chris. 2%. Starting Sunday against a white – yeah, 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 I think so. He's a streamer. Um, and the, I mean, the reason he's a streamer is because this is going to, he's, he's like worked as a swing man for the guardians for the most part mm-hmm. over the last month or so. And been very good in that role. Some starts, uh, some relief opportunities overall a 2.90 ERA 41 strikeouts and 59 innings. He hasn't topped 70 pitches in an outing yet this year. 
but the matchup's really good with a White Sox team that has waved the white flag and Aloy Jimenez is, is, is day to day right now with a, a sore heel. Um, they're playing some younger players. Um, Curry for him, like it's a big opportunity individually getting a chance to put a, a stamp on a rotation spot for a Cleveland team that, you know, is somehow only two and a half games back of, of first place in the American League Central, despite everything that's gone wrong. And the players that are no longer in that lineup, Josh Naylor went on the injured list. Tyler Freeman's out now too. And the, the trades they made, it's, it's like one of the strangest offensive death charts that I've seen in a while for a team that's <laughs> in contention. Um, but yeah, Curry against the White Sox. Give me five scoreless innings, efficient scoreless innings on like 75 pitches. Give me six strikeouts. Give me a win. And I'm going to beat Chris. Ha! Uh, I, I hope so. Honestly, I mean, and I hope both pitchers pitch well. By the way, I think Jesse Shulston, who's facing him, is also an interesting streaming option for that game as yeah. well. Um, but I'm going with Medina. Medina is my lucky charm. That's uh, that's just not changing, folks. Uh, Chris, anything are else you uh, are you wake are you waking up at? What, what, oh, that'd be two a.m. your time for the USA game tonight, or t- I guess it'd be tomorrow morning. I'll US probably Sweden. be still. I'll probably still be awake. To be completely honest yeah. with you, yeah. But I will be watching it for sure. Yeah, like that's. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna set an alarm. So if I'm drowsy on the podcast on Sunday, you know. Playing the U.S. women's national team. hundred <laughs> percent. By the way, they, they better look good. They better look good in this game. Just for my sanity, man. I know it doesn't matter if they win one nothing or win in penalties or something like that, but I really want to see them actually look like, because that game against uh, Portugal was absolutely pathetic. Like one of the... That's the one most- I didn't watch. Yeah. You're lucky. And I got to tell you, it's, it's unfortunate, but two of the greatest women's soccer players of all time are Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan, and they were both absolute trash absolute trash in that game we it's it's not fun to criticize two really important parts of the united states soccer history but they were absolute garbage i don't think anyone has looked especially good in, in the two i watched the first two games um like sydney rodman has you can tell she's more athletic than everyone on on the field but uh she, like her first touch on the ball oh. is just really bad and I, yeah. maybe that's like a just a nerves thing but Cause I've watched her in previous games and I was really excited to, to see her yeah. on this stage, but um, I don't know. Yeah. They, they need to like come out a little bit more aggressive, but also just like, I don't know, a, a bit more like composed too. It's, it's been a, it's been weird. Those, the first two games that I watched, I, I thought they were like a little bit scattered or something, but yeah. I, I'm not a, yeah. a, a soccer analyst. By the way, did you know that uh, Alex coffee's sister is a part of the team USA? Uh Thing. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I was hoping that she would have made yep. uh, this roster. I don't think she did, but uh, that's pretty she cool. She didn't, but she, yeah, I think she appeared in a qualifying game. I believe yeah. she's in the system at, at the very least. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a talented family. Her dad is also one of the best baseball writers that I've ever read as well. So, uh, yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair that everybody gets all of the good things. Uh, good time to end this podcast, though. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can follow me on X at Crawford M-I-L-B with an underscore in between those. And you can follow Drew at Drew Silve. Rate and review the show if you like what you're hearing. Hit that subscribe button as well and check out more episodes from a variety of hosts on a variety of topics every day of the week. Drew and I will be back tomorrow to go over some fab suggestions and also look at who was good and who was bad on Saturday. Until then, thanks for tuning in and uh, go Team USA.